0: Welcome to Dark Poutine. I'm Mike Brown, creator and host. With me, as usual, is my good friend and co-host, Scott Ammonway. Say hello, Scott. Hey, stay safe, all my lovelies. Stay safe.
1: The views, information, and opinions expressed during the Dark Poutine podcast are solely those of the producer and do not necessarily represent those of CuriousCast, its affiliate Global News, nor their parent company, Chorus Entertainment.
0: Dark Poutine is not for the faint of heart or squeamish. Listener discretion is strongly advised. We're not experts on the topics we present nor are we journalists. We're two ordinary Canadians chatting about crime and the dark side of history. Let's get to it. Put on your toque, grab yourself a double-double and an Nanaimo bar. It's time to scarf down some dark poutine. Jump, jump, jump. <laughs> Listeners who feel they are in crisis can contact the Crisis Text Line in Canada by texting HOME to 686868 or in the U.S. and U.K., you can text HOME to 741741. You'll be matched with a volunteer counsellor who is supervised by a licensed, trained mental health professional. Crisis Text Line is free 24-7 support for those in crisis. For more information, please go to crisistextline.ca in Canada or crisistextline.org. Globally, let's get on with the show.
1: Showtime.
0: In the early morning of October 20th, 2003, the couple living at 33 Whitehorn Crescent in North York, a quiet Toronto neighborhood, discovered that their only daughter, nine-year-old Cecilia Zhang, was missing from her bedroom.
2: Oh Christ, this is how we're
0: starting? This is how we're starting. Police were called and after a quick investigation, they discovered evidence leading them to conclude that Cecilia had been abducted. The questions on everyone's mind were not only about where she was, but also who took her and why. This is episode 127, Little Girl Gone, Cecilia Zhang. Dong Yu Zhang was born in Jiangsu Province in China to Sherry Zhu and Raymond Zhong on March 30, 1994. Dong Yu, translated, means Eastern Mountain. Hmm. When the family immigrated to Canada in 1998, Dong Yu was given her more Canadian name, Cecilia. Sherry, Cecilia's mother, had been a teacher in China. Her fluency in English and love of teaching helped her to build a successful career as an ESL teacher, helping young people in the country on student visas to learn one of our official languages. It's a really, really uh, important job. Cecilia's dad, Raymond, worked for Sun Life as a computer programmer. Both Cecilia's parents were doing the best they could to make a life for their little family here in Canada. Shortly after arriving here, the family purchased and moved into their home on Whitehorn Crescent in the idyllic, family-focused neighbourhood. A big selling point of the residence was its proximity to the Seneca Hill Drive Public School, an elementary school with a really good reputation. Mm. It was only a six-minute walk away. The timing was perfect as Cecilia was just about to start kindergarten when they moved in. The house was big enough to have tenants in the basement suite to help pay the mortgage on the $350,000 property. By the fall of 2003, they had five students from China on student visas living with them. Oh, wow. Four of the students rented rooms in the basement, and a fifth was in one of the three bedrooms on the second floor, right next to Cecilia's, which was at the back of the house. Sherry's father, a recent widower, occupied the third bedroom on the second floor. Sherry and Raymond's room was upstairs on the third floor. It was a busy household.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say that. A lot, a lot of people, in it, and a lot of people not directly related to the family. So That's right. So a lot of coming and going of relative strangers.
0: Cecilia was a smart cookie. She had lots of friends, including others who spoke Chinese. She was in the gifted program at her school. Hmm. She was also learning to play piano and had a regular class at 5 p.m., every Monday, near her mom's tutoring business, which was also close to home. I was in the
2: non-gifted classes at school.
0: Oh, well there you go.
2: Anti-gifted.
0: From an article in the Globe and Mail by Jan Wong on October 22, 2003, quote, She was advanced for a nine-year-old, grade five of the Royal Conservatory of Music. Normally, Mrs. Jong would drop her daughter off at the Unison Piano School, then she would go upstairs to her tutoring agency, Canada HollowNet Inc., and Scholars Way. Hmm. Even though Cecilia was a sensible, friendly, and intelligent little girl, and North York was a safer neighborhood, her parents weren't comfortable with her playing unsupervised outside.
2: I yeah, I can get that. I you know, my my youngest is 10 now, and I'm still not completely comfortable with her just out and about.
0: On Sunday, October 19th, 2003, Cecilia was left in the care of Kitty Wu, one of the students living in the home. Mm. This is while her parents and grandfather went fishing. So mm. they like to fish, sort yeah. of as a hobby. Cecilia's folks and grandpa came home around 8 p.m., and Kitty Wu went out to meet some friends of her own. Cecilia went to bed around 10 that night, and the rest of the family went to their rooms at around 11.30. Kitty Wu came home at about 11.40 and went right to her own room. Mm -hmm. Sherry went into Cecilia's room to wake her the next morning and make sure that she was getting ready for school at 8 a.m. And this was Monday October 20th, 2003. Cecilia wasn't there. Sherry checked the rest of the home. Cecilia wasn't in the house at all. No one else had seen her at all that morning.
2: Oh, God, that is terrifying.
0: Cecilia's jacket and shoes were right where she had left them the day before, undisturbed. An exterior door had been left ajar, and a window in the kitchen was also wide open and looked as though the screen had been pried as well.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Both had been closed and secured the previous night. Again, from Jan Wong's Globe and Mail article, quote, Mrs. Zhang rushed to the school around 8.15, hoping against hope that her daughter had gone to school on her own without her coat. Mm -hmm. Her face was white, said someone who saw Mrs. Zhang arrive. Teachers immediately checked the schoolyard and washrooms. Looking lost, Mrs. Zhang returned home, she didn't call police, a common enough reaction among mainland Chinese who have learned to steer clear of authority.
2: Oh, that's sad that that's, that's what is happening, where, where they're from, but that you've got that instilled fear.
0: But when Evelyn Shadband, the school principal, heard that Cecilia had disappeared and a door had been left open, she phoned Mrs. Zhang and told her to call the police right away. Mrs. Zhang called 911 at 8.27 a.m., Police arrived at their home and the school within minutes, end quote.
2: I, I suspect she very quickly knew that somebody either her daughter had been taken because you, A, her shoes are home. Mm-hmm. So you're not, you know, typically not just going to go, I'm going to go walk about without shoes and, you know, and then you see the door open, the window open, the mesh screen torn. It would be impossible to not jump to conclusions.
0: A search team was quickly organized to scour the area for the missing grade 4 student. One group of Toronto police officers locked the home down as a crime scene, calling in the IDENT team to gather evidence. Mm -hmm. Another search was performed at the school, and teachers and students were interviewed. Investigators began questioning the residents of the Zhang residence. Investigators began questioning the people who were living in the Zhang residence.
2: Which was quite a few
0: Cecilia's grandfather told investigators he was awakened by quiet footsteps in the hallway near his bedroom and the others. Hmm. He just assumed it was someone else from the home up and about for some good reason and went back to sleep. Which, yeah, I I would understand if you've got a lot of people occupying that home. Kitty Wu said she'd heard tapping on the wall that her room shared with Cecilia's sometime in the middle of the night. (sighs) But she'd heard similar sounds before and thought nothing of it. Yeah. One of the students living in the Jong's basement woke up feeling a draft in the middle of the night. She got out of bed to investigate where the cool air was coming from and found the side door leading to the outside was open. She asked her boyfriend, who had been spending the night, whether it had been shut and locked before they went to bed. He said he was sure it had been secured. Hmm. jeez. It was also found later that the hall door separating the basement suite from the main floor was unlocked. This door locked from the Zhang site was always kept secured to separate the suites. None of the upstairs residents had
2: unlocked it. So there's a lot of doors apparently opened and unlocked. And people windows. have heard
0: things, Yeah.
2: Yeah, wow.
0: But the fact that the house had so many different people in it had helped the abductor to get away with taking Cecilia.
2: For sure, because noises are usual.
0: Everyone who'd heard something had simply assumed that it had been one of the other residents in the home and what might've been an odd occurrence in a quieter home didn't stand out Mm -hmm. in the house.
2: Makes total sense.
0: Sherry Zhu told police that her cell phone rang at 6.58 AM. When she answered the phone, the person on the other end said nothing. Sherry could hear chatter in the background, but couldn't make out what was being said in the brief time the call was connected. Potential tenants called at all hours, so Sherry wrote the call off as that and went back to sleep. You so said that was at 6 a.m. S- the morning she was Seven, taken. like two minutes to yeah. seven.
2: Yeah. The morning she was missing.
0: Yeah. Okay. Her phone rang again 50 minutes later, but the caller hung up before she could answer. A few minutes after that, Sherry heard her father calling her name downstairs. He sounded upset. So she went downstairs to the kitchen where the older man was. He told her that when he came into the kitchen that morning, he had found the kitchen window open and the screen was bent outwards. This is crazy. There was a visible shoe print on the kitchen counter close to the window. Mm. It was moments later that Sherry discovered that Cecilia was gone Mm. and the panic set in. Mm. No one in the immediate neighborhood had seen or heard anything unusual. No one had seen Cecilia. An amber alert was quickly put together and broadcast. According to MissingKids.ca, criteria for issuing an Amber Alert may vary from province to province, but basic requirements include the child is under the age of 18, a belief that the child has been abducted, a belief that the child is in grave danger, information is available that may help locate the child and or abductor, for example, a description of the build of the child, suspect or the vehicle driven by the abductor, and that the alert be issued within a reasonable amount of time from the moment of abduction. So they did it in the, mm-hmm. within hours of, or yeah. probably not even an hour of them arriving on scene. Yeah. In this case, there was no identifying information about a possible perpetrator or the vehicle that the person might be driving. Only a description of the tiny fourth grader who everybody called CeCe. She was described as Asian, had black hair and brown eyes. She was 4 foot 11 inches tall and weighed only 70 pounds. She had, quote, good teeth and spoke, quote, good English.
2: Oh, I'm just putting myself in their shoes and imagining the panic. Like, oh.
0: As the kitchen window, approximately 8 feet off the ground at the rear of the residence, seemed to be the most obvious point of entry, police went to work there, first trying to obtain fingerprints, or other evidence that might eventually ID a suspect. Seems logical for sure. Yeah. So there was a bit of a ledge beside the window on the on, uh, a, on a the adjacent outside? part of the house okay. that somebody could have stood up on, oh, okay. shimmied yep. up on a drain pipe, yep. and then jimmied open the window.
2: Yeah. And... So, so some key contact points.
0: Exactly. Yeah. The investigators hit pay dirt on the window from court documents, quote, on closer examination, The Forensic Identification Service officers discovered fingerprints on the edge of the window screen where it had been pulled out Mm. of the frame. They also found a fingerprint on the outer surface of the left window, which suggested that a person entering through the window attempted to slide the left window open. A wraparound palm print found on the right window and oriented from the outside in, wrapped around the right side of the frame and ended with fingerprints on the inside of the right frame, suggesting that this window was opened to allow entry.
2: Yeah, and to to have fingerprints and a palm print, Mm -hmm. that's fantastic. It's significant, yeah. Yeah.
0: These fingerprints are consistent with a person trying to gain entry through the kitchen window from outside by first pulling back the screen, then attempting to slide open the left window and being unsuccessful, then sliding open the right window, pushing it fully open and pulling himself in, leaving the wraparound palm and fingerprints on the edge and inside of the window. Mm-hmm. Police also located a kitchen knife at the fence line near the rear corner of the house, oh. several feet south of the side entrance away from the street. The officers found a fingerprint on the tip of the blade of this knife, which matched a fingerprint found on the corner beating on the stairway leading from the main floor of the house to the hallway where Cecilia's bedroom was located.
2: So, so far, lots of evidence being left behind.
0: Sadly, though, the fingerprints didn't match any on file Mm -hmm. in the massive police databases, police had collected 400 fingerprints that they couldn't account for at the scene. Holy shit. But that doesn't necessarily mean they all belong to a bad guy. Oh, There are 400 fingerprints that they have to sort through and figure out who each of these people are.
2: When you have that many people living in a house, each one of them has friends, each one of them has family. You're going to have a lot of people Mm -hmm. coming and going and touching a lot of things. A workman,
0: a cable guy comes in and fixes something, you know, a month before, leaves a fingerprint somewhere. It's crazy how many people they have to eliminate.
2: Absolutely. And that's why it's important to put a lot of focus on those key contact points that typically aren't, you know, most friends aren't going to come over entering through the window.
0: The day after Cecilia vanished, the headline on the front page of the national post said, hundred search for Cecilia. Beneath the headline was a family photo of the smiling girl accompanied by a number to call with any information regarding her abduction and or her whereabouts. Numerous stories in the paper that day were related to Cecilia's disappearance. The parents of children at Cecilia's school said they were, quote, freaking out that this could happen in their neighborhood to such a sweet little girl.
2: If that happened uh, at one of my kids' schools, I would be, I would be freaking out because, okay, so this has got to be somebody in the area, you know, like, oh my, what if they're going to get my, yeah, I can understand the panic that would be everywhere.
0: Other articles told of the search efforts taking place including door-to-door searches of homes in the area, neighbourhoods combed by canine units, digital amber alert signs on Toronto highways, photos of IDENT officers dusting the outside of the Zhong home, and an eerie photo of mass police officers clad in white hazmat suits armed with rakes combing through the trash at the Victoria Park garbage transfer station looking for clues.
2: Can see why that would be
0: eerie. But 24 hours had passed and there was still no sign of Cecilia Zhang. The headline on the second page of the paper was ominous. First hours are critical in search. The National Post published some stark statistics. Quote, the only certainty investigators and child abduction experts say is that the longer Cecilia remains missing, the less likely she is to be found alive. Mm Mm-hmm. A recent study in the United States showed that 44% of abducted children were dead within an hour. Oh my God. In three hours, 74% had been killed. Oh my God. After 24 hours, there was a 91% chance that the abductor had slain the child, end oh, quote.
2: That is terrifying, man. Because it's almost like if you don't catch it in the act or, mm. or or get it fixed, you don't get it solved within an hour, Yeah, the odds are... Not in your favor. And that's a terrifying thought.
0: And we will take a break right here. And we're back. So, so far?
2: Yeah, terrifying.
0: It really is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I I mean, I'm glad they have evidence in the way of a palm print, fingerprints, fingerprints on a knife they found.
0: But I'm sure that's not their far first priority. Their first priority is to find this poor little girl. Well,
2: huh? I, I, yes, like, so it's it's great to hear that there's some, some evidence to help hopefully guide them in the right direction, mm. but with the stats you had just gone over before the
0: break. Yeah.
2: Like, you just feel like at that point-
0: it's like hopeless already. Yeah. yeah. But as
2: a parent, well, I can assure you, you're going to, even if it's 1% chance, you're going to be, hey, that's one out of a 100. That could, my kid could be that one, you know, you're, so you're going to fight tooth and nail and not
0: want to believe. Of course, you're going to want to hang on yeah, to any hope until you can until you know for sure. But there's
2: got to be that sinking, rotting feeling. And you're just knowing the stats and knowing, like, this is, but you just, you're trying to ignore it, trying to push it away. Yeah. Shut up, shut up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Two days into the investigation, the National Post reported that police had fielded 175 phone calls to their tip line. Quote, we remain vigilant and we remain hopeful, said Sergeant Jim Muscat, a media officer with the Toronto Force. We have every reason to remain optimistic that we'll be able to find Cecilia and return her home to her family the alternative is not something that I'm prepared to think about, end quote. And that's a police officer saying mm-hmm. that. So,
2: Yep. Uh, I, initially, I was kind of hoping that there's going to be a quick ransom call or something like that, that it was going to be one of those, um, rare, but you know, they do happen where it's a, it's a kidnapping for money. Not that they seemed like they were the most affluent or came from this, you know. Yeah. But, uh.
0: Cecilia's friends just wanted her back home. No kidding. A candlelight vigil for her was held in her neighborhood that night as hundreds prayed for Cece's safe return home. Mm. Police were saying that there was little evidence that Cecilia's abduction had been at the hands of a sexual predator. They were indicating the abduction had to be targeted uh, as nothing else in the house had been disturbed or stolen. But there had been no communication from whoever had taken her, nor any demands of any kind of ransom. So the motive remained unknown.
2: Which was kind of, yeah, I guess that's kind of what I was uh, going with, where it seemed like, well, this seems very specific, Mm -hmm. but yet no ransom, no calls. Right. And so, yeah.
0: The two early morning calls to Sherry's cell phone were interesting to police. Both had come from pay phones at different businesses in Brampton. Hmm. The first call came from outside of Tim Hortons at 2 Intermodal Drive, a 36-kilometer trip west down the 407. Hmm. The second call came from the phone outside what was then the Greenway Country Market at 8175 Winston Churchill Boulevard, another 18 kilometers further west on the other side of Brampton hmm. and close to Scarborough. Police checked the surveillance cameras in the area, but the one trained on the payphone at the country market was not working on the day of Cecilia's abduction.
2: Oh God, how frustrating
0: would that be? Oh, I can't even imagine.
2: Oh my God.
0: Four days into the investigation, police had received over 600 tips. Mm. Even the Chinese consulate was offering to help if they could a reward that started at $1,000 cri- quickly grew to $50,000. Oh, wow. A group of Chinese business investors put together a $50,000 trust, a uh, $50,000 trust fund to assist investigators to pay for their efforts. So, everybody was, you know, really concerned.
2: Yeah, understandably.
0: And putting their money where their mouth yeah, is. Yeah. Appealing to the emotions of the abductor and humanizing the missing little girl. Cecilia's parents were encouraged to write letters describing their feelings, which were then published by news organizations.
2: Yeah. Hopefully get somebody uh, emotional, maybe get them behaving differently. So, so friends or family or partners might, why is Mike acting so weird
0: right now? Or even realize I, I have someone's child. Yeah. You know, it's not just about if I've kidnapped somebody for money. Yeah. Even though I haven't made my ransom demands yet, yeah. uh, maybe it's time to.
2: Yeah, this is just so good. Because child home abductions are very, very extremely rare. Extremely rare. So, I mean, it's typically either it's of convenience, I just have to reach in a window and grab a kid.
0: But it was not like it, that.
2: Yeah, like it's, it's very specific.
0: Raymond Zhang's letter reads, Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Raymond Zhang, Cecilia's father. Hmm. It has been five days since my only child, Cecilia, went missing from my home. During these five days, my wife Sherry and I went through the most difficult time in our life. We are physically and emotionally exhausted. We are extremely depressed and anxious. However, we've never given up our hope that Cecilia is still alive and being well and is going to come home soon. Since Cecilia went missing, the forces have been working very hard on getting my daughter back. Neighbors, friends, parents of Cecilia's schoolmates and teachers, volunteers, medias, communities showed their greatest support. I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you all. My wife, Sherry, is definitely Cecilia's biological mother. Since Cecilia is missing, she suffered a great deal. When Sherry was asked by the police officer if she was in fact the biological mother of Cecilia, Suggested by a newspaper report, mm. she was devastated, broken down, and crying. Mm. Sherry has been talking to Cecilia by heart every moment of every day. To whoever has Cecilia, as a father, I beg you, please look at Cecilia's face, look at her eyes, what an innocent and lovely child she is. Please, please, please do not harm her and let her go. Thank you.
2: Yeah, initially I was like, that's an odd... Comment to make about but the biological. Model. Yeah, but then I guess if there was, if that was media rumor, yeah, then I could see like okay, I'm going to address that. But if if like out of context, it just seems like
0: oh well, that just was right. So that had come up earlier mm-hmm. on the news and was also, people were speculating that the parents were involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that maybe there was somebody else who is truly her mother. Yeah.
2: Who came. To came get
0: her. and snagged her.
2: Because you know, as my brain keeps going through certain possibilities, it, it is like, it sounds like the person who took Cecilia knew the layout of the house. Mm-hmm. By the hundred people living in there, it sounds like it's a large home. It wasn't a
0: hundred. Well, yeah. It was, it was, it, it was like a nine. Yeah. Well, oh, wow.
2: But it, so it's got to be a fairly large home, you know, to know who's in what room and stuff like that.
0: And so. Sherry Zoo's letter was shorter, but no less moving. It reads, Dear Cecilia, I don't know where you are, what you are doing at this moment, but I do know you are listening to me. Although Mommy and Daddy have suffered so much without being with you, I know that you've gone through even more. Cecilia, I'm sorry about what happened to you. I'm so worried about you. One thing that I can be sure is that Mommy and Daddy never hurt anybody, and we always treat everybody so well. I believe whoever got you would treat you nice, and they would let you be back to me very soon. Cecilia, Though we are physically apart, mummy's heart has never separated from you. Not in a minute, not in a second. Wherever I go, whatever I do, you're here with me. You are here in my heart. Cecilia, you asked me if I believe in God. Now I let you know. Yes, I do believe in God and God will bless you. Cecilia, I love you. I miss you so much. I'm looking forward to being with you soon.
2: So I got to be transparent and say that both of their statements there's a, there's some parts in there that I feel like well, this is really weird, but I have to keep into perspective. This is not their native language. No, they
0: are they are you definitely know? not native English speakers. It,
2: exactly, and so that's going to play a huge role mm-hmm. into um,
0: the verbiage
2: and how it's written and stuff. Yep. And so it's, oh God.
0: Yeah, cause, so what I'm reading when her mother mentions we've never heard anybody, yes, what I think uh, a native English speaker might have said is, I we can't figure out what we had done to deserve this kind yes, of thing.
2: Yes, that that's exactly what I I feel the the wording is off, but this again this is not their native language, and yeah, I think you're spot on that that's their way of saying we can't understand we've never done anything to anybody right. we can't understand why somebody would do this
0: but you're not the only one who were, was confused about the language okay. there because other people obviously are reading this in yeah. the newspaper yeah. and then they're forming their own opinions yeah. about what they're seeing and you know how yeah. armchair detectives are we've talked about it oh, numerous oh my times God, yeah. so right away they're going to think something is fishy something yeah. is up but other than that there was nothing There was just complete silence. They didn't hear from anybody. Yep. (sighs) Days later, the newspapers published a second letter written by Sherry pleading for Cecilia's release that had been placed on their website, ceciliajong.org, which is now a dead link, so don't bother trying to go there. Mm. It was placed in Chinese publications and translated for the English ones. It reads, "'To whomever took Cecilia, please listen. "'Are you listening?' I'm Cecilia's mother. In these five long, blackest nights of my life, I know you have been beside her. Until today, I still don't know who you are. Why are you so angry as to separate mother from daughter and make me pass, one by one, five sleepless and tearful nights? Maybe you are a parent. Maybe you are just a young kid. I believe you must know someone who misses their beloved and also misses freedom." You should be able to understand the pain caused by loss of a beloved and loss of freedom. Why do you burden Cecilia with this? Cecilia is innocent. Maybe you are acting on impulse. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. Please put Cecilia in a safe place and let her come home by herself. This is the most ideal ending of this case. Whoever you are, you have given me a new perspective on my own life and brought me to reconsider my life and my character from a personal angle. I don't seek retribution and I won't bring this to the courts. I am begging you, please, release my Cecilia. End quote.
2: Oh my heart.
0: So again, there's some weird language yeah. in there.
2: Yeah, I I I'm at this point I'm just comfortable in, in b believing that this is just um language barrier. And translation, yeah. like
0: things lost in translation. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think I can read through the, the
0: core of the message at this point. But this message seemed a little more pointed. It seemed very,
2: almost like she knows who she's talking to. Like, it, or it, to me, it's The seemed,
0: type of person that yeah, she's talking yes. to. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because she had said, like, uh, up until today, we didn't know who you are. But I think, again, that's like, mm-hmm. as of now, we don't know who you are,
0: you know? And what stuck out to me is, why are you so angry? Yeah, like, very specific. Yeah. Yeah. But again, I
2: think that that can possibly just come down to like, what could be so bad with your life that you need to do this?
0: More silence. Nothing. No one hears or sees or learns any more of Cecilia's whereabouts. America's Most Wanted did a piece on Cecilia's disappearance. Mm. Although the tips rolled in, there were no answers or concrete leads to where she was or leading to her abductors. The reward had now grown to $85,000 thanks to donations and the Zhangs' own cash. As is typical, people armed with speculation gossiped that Raymond and Sherry had something to do with Cecilia's disappearance.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: As the search entered the fourth week, the police publicly ruled out Cecilia's parents in her kidnapping.
2: Yeah, I I understand the desire and want to help mm-hmm. and Bring forward your theories, But could you imagine losing your child? Your child is missing. Mm. The pain, the anguish, the terror you're feeling, and then to be publicly blamed for it? Yeah. It, it, and it happens. We know it happens. We know it happens. We've where seen a parent... Susan
0: Smith do that. We've yeah, seen uh, absolutely. So, Penny Boudreaux.
2: So it's understandable why people will go in that direction, but you just, you need to moderate in, in how you vocalize these theories cuz if you're wrong and you're just throwing shit onto the internet oh the, you have just doubled the worst pain imaginable yeah.
0: the police claimed they were willing to pay as much as $140,000 for Cecilia's safe return mm. but nothing again no contact So definitely starting
2: to feel like, yeah, they're not after money.
0: As Christmas approached, Raymond and Sherry begged for their daughter's safe return, even suggesting the abductor or abductors release her at Toronto's busy Santa Claus parade. Mm. The search was even more global by now. Chinese authorities were looking for Cecilia there. Two days before Christmas, Toronto police urged Cecilia's abductors to come forward with a ransom demand but there was no communication. There were still no suspects and no obvious motive. Oh my God. Toronto Police Service continued their comprehensive investigation into Cecilia's disappearance. They interviewed a number of people who had been invited to the home and from the neighborhood. People were asked to voluntarily provide fingerprints and DNA samples and consent to the release of their cellu- cellular phone records. Mm-hmm. They desperately wanted to identify the person who left the fingerprints on the window. Well,
2: this is just mind-boggling because, I, in my head, as you are talking, I am going through scenarios and possibilities. Yeah, and every time I think of one, there is like, oh well, then why? as I am thinking oh, it's got to be like a, some a friend of somebody you know, who lives in the house. But I am like, but then why those phone calls from the phone booth? Right, like that would make. Like, but
0: maybe the, those phone calls were a potential. Ransom calls and the person chickened out. Possible. Because yep. they happened only, yeah. you know. Yeah.
2: It makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. From a CBC article on January 22nd, 2004, police ruled out money as the motivating force in Cecilia's yeah. case. The reward fund, which had stood at $165,000, dropped to $65,000 as many reward donations pegged to expire on the Chinese New Year were canceled. Mm -hmm. Raymond Zhang, nonetheless, offered $200,000 for his daughter's safe return, saying he had mortgaged his house to pay the reward.
2: Yeah. You would do anything. Oh, totally. You would do anything. I can't
0: imagine, you know, if you had the means to do that, of course you're going to do that. absolutely. Cecilia's photo was everywhere in Toronto and the rest of Ontario, including 4,000 taxis. So, if you get into a taxi, you would see her photo there with the information. Yeah, on March twenty seventh, two thousand four, three days before Cecilia's tenth birthday, a Mississauga man was burning branches in his backyard when he heard coyotes yipping incessantly in the ravine (laughs) nearby. Okay. The man later told Toronto Star reporter Bob Mitchell what had happened next. Quote. They were yapping or barking. It sounded like a bunch of young pups and I guess my curiosity got the better of me, he said, speaking yesterday about that haunting day for the first time in an exclusive interview. I followed the sound. I was walking slowly as I listened to their yapping because I didn't want to scare them. At that time of year, the heavy brush that now makes the area almost impossible to reach was missing and the snow that covered the ravine throughout the winter had melted allowing the man to easily walk toward the sound of the animals. Mm. About 200 meters on, something caught his eye, but it wasn't the coyotes who had moved on. Oh, shit. I saw a skeleton, this white skeleton, he said. I couldn't believe it was a body at first. I didn't want to hang around, he said. Literally within seconds, I left. I didn't go near the body.
2: Oh, shit.
0: I went into the garage and called 911, 911, Because I didn't want to panic my wife, end quote.
2: Mm. You know, if you find a skeleton, there's going to be a deal made because skeletons just don't appear. No. There's a skeleton because there was a body.
0: Yeah. You know, you're in for a long day. Yeah.
2: You know, you know, uh, things are about to happen.
0: Yeah. The body was carefully removed from the remote location after an extensive investigation of the surrounding area. Dental records confirmed the body was in fact that of Cecilia Zhang. Ah. Sherry and Raymond's worst fears had been realized. Yeah, absolutely worst fears. From court documents, quote Police found no evidence of any clothing near the body. This may not have been telling as Cecilia was known to sleep naked. Ah. They found a shovel several feet from the body. Markings in the dirt near the body suggested that there may have been an attempt to bury it. The earth in this location is hard-packed and digging a grave would have been difficult and time-consuming. The post-mortem examination of Cecilia's body failed to determine the cause of her death, in part because of the extent of decomposition of the body. Hmm. Moreover, there was no evidence of sexual assault or of any direct trauma to the body other than that caused by wild animals." Toxicology results ruled out the presence of any drugs, including any noxious or stupefying drugs or substances. So there you go.
2: Yep. Oh, shit.
0: From the Toronto Star, quote, police initially set up a 32-member task force of Peel and Toronto investigators, which grew to include OPP, RCMP, Vancouver Police, FBI, University of Toronto Police, and Chinese police, as well as forensic anthropologist, Dr. Kathy Gruspier. Wow. Yeah, that's quite it's a quite task a talent pool there, yeah. yeah. Right? A memorial was held for Cecilia on April 3rd, 2004. A portion of Raymond Zhang's memorial speech to his daughter reads, Cecilia, you know how much mom and dad love you, but today I want you to know how much you are loved by so many people. Many people who have never even met you. Since you went missing, your pictures have been all over the place in Toronto, in Ontario, in Canada, even in the United States. People have gotten to know you, to care about you, to love you. Many people sent messages to me and said they felt bonded to you. You are no longer only our daughter, you have become everyone's daughter. As a result of the care, the love, the support that we got from everyone gave us tremendous comfort and strength in the past five difficult months. He ended with, Words are not enough for us to convey our gratitude to everyone in our community. We've not been in Canada for many years, but we have felt so much love from the people of different cultural backgrounds in our adopted country. We are truly thankful for this. I would like to express my deepest appreciation, particularly to our friends, our neighbors, Cecilia's school, our church, my employer, the police, elected officials, the media, everyone who cared and prayed for Cecilia, and all of you here today. Sherry and I thank you all from the bottom of our hearts. In the end, we hope the criminals will be brought to justice soon, and every family will live in peace. Thank you.
2: Such beautiful, powerful and emotional sentiment, that was really
0: beautiful. Yeah.
2: It didn't feel angry. No, 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 it didn't. Yeah. Uh, Very, very grateful.
0: Yeah. Police were trying to track down any adults who had been in the Zhang's home so they could eliminate them as suspects. One of the former visa students who'd lived at the Zhang's told investigators about a man, also a visa student, who had visited her a few times while she was living there. Okay. She'd lost track of the man, but she still had his cell number. Police tracked him down that way. Oh, boy. On April 27, 2004, police met Min Chen at his home. He was the 290th person they'd interviewed. Holy shit. Chen, a skinny man, was six feet tall and weighed only 150 pounds. So that's pretty pretty skinny. That's
2: very lanky.
0: He had been born in Shanghai on January 30th, 1983, so he's a young guy. He had been in Canada as a student for two and a half years and had no family here. He had no criminal record in Canada or China. He admitted to having been in the Zhejiang residence to see his friend. He'd even met Cecilia while visiting. Mm -hmm. He claimed he had not been at the house since his friend had moved in the spring of 2003, six months before Cecilia disappeared. Chen provided DNA swabs and his fingerprints and palm prints before the police left. From court documents, as part of the elimination process, Detective Paul Black of the Peel Regional Police Forensic Identification Bureau received Chen's fingerprints in late May 2004. On June 1, 2004, Detective Black identified eight latent fingerprints and a partial palm print taken from the scene mm-hmm. at 33 Whitehorn Crescent as those belonging to this man, Min Chen. Mm-hmm. The fingerprints belonging to Chen were those collected from the right ridge of the outer window screen, the outer surface of the left window, the right edge of the right window wrapping around from the outside to the inner frame, and the inner edge of the r- of the left window. The prints on the window were consistent with Min Chen forcing entry into the kitchen window from outside. Detective Black also identified the fingerprint on the blade of the knife located in the backyard and on the edge of the wall corner bead on the stairway leading up to the victim's room as being the left thumbprint Mm. belonging to Min Chen. That print you
2: can easily attribute to, oh, he's been in the home before, but the knife outside, Mm -hmm. unless that knife had been outside for years or whenever he was last there.
0: Right. No. The knife had been taken from the downstairs suite.
2: Oh, I thought it was outside, but
0: okay. It, what, it had been taken from the downstairs suite. Oh, that's was where, found yes, outside. I got you. I got you.
2: And your mm-hmm. finger and palm prints on the window. hmm I mean, you can try to say, oh, that's, yeah, when I was there, I tried to help open the window once and you know that, but come on.
0: Further investigation uncovered the fact that Chen was also familiar with the area that Cecilia's body had been found in. He had been hiking there with friends on a couple of occasions. In July, after a few of his closest friends were pulled in to take polygraphs, Chen freaked out and called to ask police if they wanted him to, to take a polygraph too. From court documents, on July 12, 2004, Detective Doug Grosier of the Peel Regional Police Service met with Min Chen in a park near Chen's residence. During the course of their conversation, Chen was cautioned and recorded and Detective Grozier told him that he was the prime suspect in Cecilia's murder and that they would be arranging for a forensic examination of his car. So what does it mean when they say he was cautioned? Is that like, uh. That's. Read his rights. Read his rights. Yep. The police hoped that this information would produce an incriminating reaction by him. Following the conversation with Detective Grozier, police continued physical surveillance of Chen. Mm. Two days later, on the morning of July 14th, 2004, he attended 14 separate car care premises in the space of about two hours in an effort to replace the trunk liner of his car. Wow,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: Chen finally left the liner at a Z-Bart tidy car location on Warden Avenue in Toronto to be cleaned. He then went to a nearby gas station equipped with vacuum facilities, which he used to clean his trunk. Fearing the imminent loss of evidence, police seized the liner from the z location. Mm-hmm they replaced the liner with a similar one to avoid detection of police action by (laughs) Chen. Forensic examination revealed a stain on the liner which had been cleaned with an ammonia-based solvent. However, the examination did not yield any trace evidence linking liner to the victim. Yeah. So he cleaned it with... He was
2: successful enough in his cleaning to... Yeah. Yeah.
0: Chen was arrested and charged... For the first degree murder of Cecilia Zhang on July 24th, 2007. He confessed.
2: Oh, I was going to say, let's get uh, Joe Kenda in here to see if we can get a no, confession. He, but he, he, he
0: caved. Good. He told investigators that he needed money to stay in Canada. He cooked up a scheme to purchase a bride. So, it would be easier for him to gain citizenship, but he needed money.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He thought the Zhangs had that. So he intended to kidnap Cecilia Zhang and hold her for only a few hours and release her when he got the cash, but things had gone awry. He had tried to break in from the downstairs, but found he couldn't get in to the upstairs suite through the door. Okay. And he was using the knife to try and jimmy Jimmy the lock. And so when he went back outside, he threw the knife against the fence where it was later found. After he broke into the Zhang's home, through the kitchen window, Mm -hmm. he was confronted by Cecilia in the hallway outside her bedroom. Wow. He said she was wrapped in a purple towel, and her mother later confirmed that this purple towel was Mm -hmm. missing. Claiming he thought the little girl looked as though she were about to scream, he grabbed her, held his hand over her mouth, and put his arm around her neck. The little girl struggled mightily against him as he dragged her from the house. He said he had to use all his strength to subdue her. By the time they got to his car, Cecilia was no longer moving.
2: The thought of this poor girl fighting with every bit of strength she has. Oh, fuck.
0: He knew she was dead. In a panic, Chen said he put Cecilia's body into the trunk and drove to the area where she'd been found. He claimed he tried to bury her, but the ground was too hard, so he just left her there. He denied making the early morning phone calls to Sherry's cell phone. Well, I don't
2: coincidence? know. Coincidence?
0: Well, also, um, where her body was found was kind of on the route mm-hmm. that those phone calls had been made. So. Why
2: not? Uh, why? It, if he's already saying he, he did it, his intent was for money.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It would be weird to just deny that component, but who knows?
0: Chen pled guilty to second degree murder in a deal with prosecutors because he'd been charged with first degree. He was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 12 years. From an article by Peter Edwards in the Toronto Star in 2015, quote, Justice Bruce Durnow told the court he didn't believe Chen's story. This was not an accidental killing in the course of a bungled kidnapping. Derno said further on, the article goes on to say, if he is paroled, he could be rearrested and shipped back to China for a fresh trial and possible death sentence. Although Canadian officials could negotiate to get the death penalty option removed, mm-hmm. end quote. Because he had killed a Chinese national. Citizen. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Because Cecilia was a Chinese, yeah. still a Chinese citizen at oh, the time. Wow.
2: I, I do, I, I, I tend to agree with with the judge and the fact that this um, he doesn't believe him because if you've if the child is dead yeah in the house or close there you get to your car and you realize. Why, why take and, and bury it? Well, I guess maybe if you want to then still try to follow through with the ransom, I guess. But.
0: So he's still in prison here in British Columbia he because is. they've moved him from Ontario to here mm-hmm. so he can be closer to his family who is still in China and likes to visit him. I don't give a fuck. There was an odd comment on robtripscancrime.com on the only story related to Cecilia Zhang on that site. Okay. And here's what it says. A young man's future is ruined because of a woman's greed. Shame. Chen never intended to kill Zhang. There's so much behind this story. Chen had once been slapped by Zhang's mother, who was running several rooming houses and renting them out to international students, and was treated inhumanly. He kidnapped Zhang out of rage and for revenge. He's not the monster the media portrayed him to be, end quote.
2: Well, that makes him sound like more of a monster. He went and he intentionally mm-hmm. killed her for revenge. Like he's not the monster. Right. No so that's who, who, monstrous.
0: It's interesting how the person didn't leave their name or anything like that. Obviously a yeah, friend of a friend of his or somebody who maybe agrees with what he has done and didn't like the Zhong family. Maybe him with some internet access. Eh, it's it, just just a weird. Oh,
2: it, without a doubt, that's not. You don't just leave that comment unless you're part of his inner circle.
0: But that's why I felt compelled to put it in there as part of the show, because yeah. it it really does kind of. Well, what the heck is that all about?
2: Yeah. Um. You know, you it, it does make you kind of go like, oh, you know, you could is he run, running a. But why you. would you say
0: but he's not the monster that the media portrayed him to be? That is a fucking monster. You it, it, kidnap a little kid out of rage and revenge. You made him into,
2: like, it's better to have intentionally killed out of revenge as opposed to accidentally killed. Right. Uh, uh, you know, for money. That's like, less monstrous. What I'm, like the whole like an accidental death is a lot less monstrous. It's a, so it my, it's most likely, yeah, a family member of his or, or a close friend or somebody who's trying to put Here's spin the thing.
0: Here's the thing. If you're just kidnapping somebody for money and they die in the offing, what do you do? Like, do you panic and take the body away or do you, do you own up right away and just say, uh, I messed up?
2: Well, you just, in my opinion, you just, you, you run. Yeah. Well, that's, that's
0: what most people would probably do, you
2: think? But then I, as I was thinking it out loud earlier, uh, talking it out loud earlier, I, I could see if you get to your car and you realize, okay, shit, it's not, She's not breathing. or moving. You might want to like, just okay, drop and run. Yeah, or flee. But then, in the if you, then your th- next thought might be, yeah. But you know, they don't know she's. At. I could probably still try to get the ransom and get some money. Yeah.
0: I don't know. So it just the whole case is very weird.
2: It is. It is. Yeah. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of head scratchers in there. But um, I, I tend to believe it. It has one way or another his actions led to her death. Yeah. Uh, You know, whether it was intentional or whether it was uh, accidental in the process of a crime, Mm -hmm. he killed her. He was a sack of shit and she should never get out of jail. Cause there's none of that is like, hoops, I made a mistake. No, no. You intentionally took a child. You intentionally wanted to damage a child's psyche for the rest of its life. And whether you intentionally killed her or not, I don't give a shit. You killed her. Rot in jail.
0: Well, that's it for this week's case. Woo, Nelly. Yeah, it was a it was an interesting one for that sure. That was, yeah. Um, I guess it's time for voicemails.
2: Okay. All right. Let's uh did we get more than one?
0: We did. Uh you can you can leave us a voicemail at one eight seven seven three two seven five seven eight six or one eight seven seven D A R K darkptn Eh, that's one eight seven seven. Dark But If your call really stands out, you might hear it on the show. Um, yeah. So let's see. Looks like there was a few. A few people have left us voicemails this oh, week. Please be Ryan Gosling. Better than one. Please. Which be Ryan was down. yeah. So uh, what's that? Please be Ryan Gosling. The, I don't think. Please, I don't think Ros. Here's one from somebody named Amanda who lives in Florida. Amanda Gosling.
1: Hi, Mike and Scott. My name's Amanda. I'm based out of um, Sunrise, Florida. Um, You know, Florida, the crazy, crazy place. (laughs) Um, It's exactly as crazy as the news makes it seem. Um, But a few of us are trying to keep our shit together. I just wanted to say thank you guys for your podcast. You guys are incredible I love the way that you guys are sensitive to the victims and um, I'd like to thank the ladies at my favorite murder for turning me on to you guys. I've been a fan ever since and keep doing what you do. I can't wait to hear more. Bye. Go shit in your hats.
2: I, l- I love that kind of realness. Yeah. People often will try. And yeah, I'm sure I'm guilty of it all the time. You try to, from Florida, it's not as bad as Pete, you know, you're going to want to try to make something just once, I just love that realness when somebody's like, yeah, no, it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. I just love them when people are like that. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I dig that too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, just that blunt candidness. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is what you think it is.
0: Here's one from Sylvie Monette.
1: Hi, Mike and Scott. My name is Sylvie Monette, and I am one of your Patreon buddies. Actually, I've never sponsored a podcast before yours, and I have never left a voicemail to a podcast either, so you guys are responsible for these first, as your show is totally incredible. Uh, I've been living in Calgary for 20 years, but I am originally from Montreal. And as a French-Canadian, I do want to apologize for the narrow-minded man, man who gets mad that your pronunciation of Poutine. Uh, we are not all as obtuse as him, and uh, we know that accents are richness of a diversified community, and we should be proud of it. Anyway, it doesn't matter how you pronounce it, as long as you eat it. And uh, speaking of language, I would really like to to know to learn what is the meaning of the expression the expression you use relating to uh using the hat as a toilet. I'm trying to figure it out, but it is very hard to go beyond the image it brings to mind. I don't dare to ask people I know, so I'm counting on you to explain it to me, as uh, this expression was never taught in any of my English as second language classes. So uh, please keep up uh, your wonderful friendship, your beautiful work, et merci beaucoup pour Dark Putin.
0: Thank you so much Sylvie for your kind words. We needed to hear from somebody of your ilk who's supporting can, yeah, our yeah. pronunciations.
2: <laughs> I love it. Yeah, you know, was, it's true. Like it, it, it's a it, what a beautiful statement. It's a sign of a diverse yeah, ethnic group. 100%.
0: Absolutely. Do you care to explain to her the go shit in your hat? Well, uh so go shit in your hat, I don't I don't really know I, the uh I I take it to be um
2: do something like, that's absolutely stupid and pointless. Like mm-hmm. shitting in your hat's not going to accomplish anything. So kind of like, oh, go piss off, do something pointless. Go do something stupid. Like, cause there's no actual benefit to shitting in one's hat. I mean, unless, I mean, uh, sure. It's not on the floor. No. So that's a pro. It's so, e- easier to dispose of.
0: Um, apparently go shit in your hat is a world war two era insult.
2: Oh, because they had to shit in their hats in in trenches.
0: Yeah, and you would say this to somebody who expects something unreasonable from you, which is how I use it. Yeah. So if somebody says, "I want you to change your show to uh, you know correctly pronounce Putin," and <laughs> in every instance, I tell them to go shit in your hat mm-hmm. because it's unreasonable. Yeah.
2: So there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, answers found. <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow. World War Two. Just solving problems. It's like, hey, young fella. You want me to do what? Well, why don't you go shit in your hat? (laughs) Exactly. I'm the newsman. Canada goes to war. Tells Hitler to go shit in his hat. Oh, dear. Well, there you go. We have our answer for that. That's Jesus, yeah. Thanks, Sylvie. You rock. Came for the poutine, stay for the education. Exactly. You mean to tell me... Nobody had the decency to say hello this week.
1: I I guess I fell behind on it too. Hey, Tom from central Oklahoma, go take a shit in your hat. Keep doing a great job, guys.
2: Very concise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, well well stated. Thank you. Thank you for placing the call.
0: Exactly. From Oklahoma. telling us to go. Deuce in our our bonnets. Yeah. Well, you
2: know. I do.
0: Sometimes it has to happen.
2: Like I said, if you're in a bind- and you're like, ah, I got to shit. Ah, I don't want to shit on the floor. You could always go in a Starbucks cup. Oh, God. I'm, I'm glad that that wasn't what you had to do that day. <laughs> glad it was number one and not
0: number two. Yeah. Oh. Let's let's listen to one from Alberta. Oh, okay.
3: Hi, guys. Um, This is Megan. I'm calling from Calgary, Alberta. Um, I just listened to your most recent episode, which was great. And I know you only got one voicemail. I'm sure this is going to be one of many this time. Uh, But you guys suggested to tell an interesting story. Um, It's a real story. Mine isn't made up, I promise. Um, But I thought I would just tell you guys a funny story. Um, My boyfriend, Blade, his dad is uh, Bret Hart. Uh, So when I listened to the episode where you guys talked about their family. Um, it was one of the earlier episodes. Uh, I was really excited so I told Blade and the, I said to tell his dad, you know I, I heard you guys talking about the family on, on this Canadian podcast and how much I loved it um, and just timing wise based on when I heard you guys, um, by the time I, I got to um, uh, the episode where you guys you were close to your live show, um, I didn't know that Blade's dad was going to be out there. So I was all excited talking about you guys. And then all of a sudden I saw you, you post with his dad. And I said, Blade, oh, my God, I'm so jealous. Your dad got to be the dark routine guys. Oh. Um, so anyways, that's my funny story. In other news, I'm a registered nurse. I worked here in Calgary uh, in psychiatry. So I've really been enjoying your stories during these times. Um, hope you guys are staying safe and healthy and um you know what? I, I just couldn't tell you guys to shit in your hat. Uh <laughs> anyway, take care.
2: But you did, but you kinda did. You kinda You kinda did. Kinda did. So you indirectly said it and, and
0: thank you. And <laughs> <laughs> isn't that funny? So there we go. Uh wow. that well, a whole bunch of Bret Hart connections that we've had. Yeah. I love I, Bret Hart. You oh, know, yeah. like we, we were really super chuffed to meet him oh, when yeah. we when we met him. Uh, and I, just like I've got my arm around Bret Hart. I know.
2: I I I love shooting wrestling yeah. professionals. I don't.
0: I don't particularly not shooting at like shooting with your camera. Yeah. Yes, okay, good disti- better clarify. Good
2: distinction there. Uh, you know, I I don't watch. Don't really care for modern professional wrestling. I respect everybody involved, but uh, Bret Hart. Like that's when I grew up. When I was younger. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I loved wrestling, and so like the Hart family. Yeah
0: is like the heart of wrestling. Totally. Is. And so like. Have you seen the dark side of uh, wrestling yet on Crave? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to watch it. good, eh? of, Yeah. Yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. I'm going to do that. But so like, so that was a celebrity meet that, that was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this guy I've watched on TV forever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I felt the same way. I was just like, what? Bret Hart? And then when he offered us his cheese plate, that was like.
2: Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh. Uh, Randy Myers, the, the, uh, weirdo, uh, uh he's a, he's a wrestler, local yep, ECC. Yep. And then it's like, I've photographed him a bunch of times and then he was there and he's like, he was with Bret Hart and he's like, oh my God, you're the dark poutine guy. like, it was just, it was very bizarre. It day. was just a mind blowing experience.
0: Yeah. So, well, thank you. And tell Blade we think his dad is awesome. Oh my God. So yeah. he can pass that on to Brett. <laughs> yeah. Who, who actually follows us on Twitter or on uh, Instagram. Oh, so, really? Uh, oh, yeah. I just, and know, remember, he, he Instagram He retweeted he, he and stuff. Re- yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. Did you know, and I was just talking to somebody at work about this, did you, did you know that Joe Rogan follows me on Instagram? Why? Because when I took his photos a while back, and he shared them and stuff like that, and he follows me. He's probably just
0: accidentally forgot to unfollow you. (laughs) Probably. Probably.
2: I don't care. I'll take it. It looks nice when I'm scrolling through my followers and it's like, oh yeah, Joe Rogan follows me.
0: Right. He should uh, give us some of his $100 million. Just a a fraction and we're okay. Oh, just a piece. That's all we need. Hey, Joe, you know what? A hundred grand. Just a hundred grand. We'll have you on our show, Joe. Yeah, you can come, yeah, he'd be he'd be honored to he'd come be, on our show, I'm he'd sure. Be, he'd be totally honored.
2: We could talk MMA, we could talk oh, yes. whatever Joe Bo- wants. Both of
0: us, and yeah. I can talk martial arts we, very well. There so. ain't a topic we can't talk about, Yep, Mr. Rogan. We're all over it, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, if you want to talk psychedelics and drugs and all that kind oh of stuff. God, I, we I have an have...
2: episode for you, <laughs> and Mike has some stories for you.
0: I have a life, uh, an entire decade for you right? to talk about.
2: I mean, there was a point in time, Joe Rogan, mm. where we weren't far behind you in podcasts, uh, top
0: podcasts. Oh yeah, we were right next to him, and uh, we were.
2: I think third. It was a Joe Rogan. Oh no, yeah, no, it was. Wasn't first. Uh, Doctor no, Phil.
0: It was that stupid Doctor Phil yeah. bot, bot program. Yeah.
2: So he was like first, and then it was Joe Rogan, and then, and then we, it was us. then it was us, and so I mean, yeah.
0: So Joe knows, you know. You know who we are. He knows we're, a good show when yeah, he hears this.
2: Exactly, like we're we're we're
0: right behind you, buddy. <laughs> so again, if you want to send us a voicemail, and thank you all for stepping up this week, and there are some more that we just didn't get to, but I have flagged for next week. Mm. Uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 1-877-327-5786 or one eight seven seven D A R K P T N. That's one eight seven seven Dark Putin. And I'm going to do a jingle, I really am. I've got one sort of started, oh. I just haven't done it yet. So. Jingles are great. Yeah, and then we won't have to sing anymore. Oh. So it's time for Patreon shout-out, Scott. Do you have your um, equipment, your brain, all ready to go?
2: Yeah, uh, just, i got to just jump-start my brain because Uh-oh. it does not function in a already-on uh,
0: state. I'm, so. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm quite aware of that. Mm. I, do, I do this show mm. with you week after week and mm. I'm, uh, I'm really aware Activating of that. Activating brain. Scott's brain is, is powering up. <laughs> it's more like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting there. <laughs> it sounds like a jalopy.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, okay. So it's going. That was not good coughed it caught your brain coughed yeah, did. oh my brain my brain has just given up the ghost I think Yeah well, sometimes it needs to help. I really am I had a. I had uh, this week uh, this script in particular I was just like wow the whole time I was writing it was wow sorry to get back to the show but <laughs> I was just like whoa yeah, yeah. This, is, this is a crazy it wow. was it was I, I remember it because, you yeah. know, yeah, I, I follow news like that. So mm. I remember it. And because, you know, when I was a kid and what happened to me, all oh. that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's look here. It is twenty so it'll be the 20 second. Oh boy. All right. So let's see. What do we have here? That's a great question. I don't know. We have here. First up, we have Eric Gawiler, and oh. he is from Kitchener, Ontario. Yeah, good old Kitchener. Kitchener. And what do you think he does in Kitchener? Builds kitchens. Oh, well. That, for her. For her. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. But, so he builds ladies' kitchens. Yeah,
2: in Kitchener. Kitchener, kitchens for her. Okay, there yeah. you go. He, that, he came
0: up with the name because of where he lived. Oh. Yeah, he's, it's his company. Yeah. Next, we have Kellyanne Compton. Oh, and I don't know where she's from. Yeah, I know where you would think she's from. Where? Compton. No. Yeah. Decompton, not, or Decompton, or I might be pronouncing it entirely wrong. Well, it's good because
2: she's not from Compton. Where is she from? Um, she's from Yakima, Washington. Washington. Oh, Washington, just across the border. Yeah, yeah. Now don't get it, a lot of people pronounce it- Does she it, work at Boeing? She doesn't though. A lot of people pronounce it Yakima. That's yep. not how you pronounce it. It's oh. Yakima, uh, not
0: Yakima. Okay. Okay. It's good they, that they. Yeah, they, I hope you don't say that too many more times. The they, the, the, <laughs> the residents of Yakima hate it when people call it Yakima. Oh well, so. yeah. yeah, don't call it Yakima. So, uh, Kellyanne is what does she do in Yakima? She builds fences. You, you son of a bitch. You just
2: Mike, you're going. We're going to lose all of our Yakima uh, oh, okay. listeners. Yeah. True. So, uh, you know, she builds. I didn't mean to pronounce it Yakima. Oh, Mike, it's not. Yakima's, Yakima. Oh no, see now I'm even oh my god. Anyways, she built she builds fences. She's a fence builder.
0: Oh. Yeah. okay. Is Does she need- is she helping to build the fence along the Canadian border now? Is <laughs> that what's going on? Or is she she finds that joke funny? Oh, okay. But she's not. She's okay. serious about her training. Uh, I don't want do to go need- any further down that road, by the way. Do you need a chain link fence? Do you need a wooden fence? A fence or if a concrete a, fence? My dad always said fences make good neighbors. That's so a That's actually her slogan. Oh, there you go. So she's my dad. She she might be. Hmm. She might be because I'm not, I don't judge. Uh, Next up, we have Brett Ede. they hit me on No, just Brett Ede. And where's Brett from, do you think? Oh, Belize. Oh, he's from Belize. Yeah. Does he go there to see the whale sharks? Yeah. Oh, wow. And yeah. what does he do in Belize?
2: He is a shark scientist. Uh, oh. Specifically. Uh, he's a sharkologist? Sharkologist, yeah. Uh, and, and his specialty, though, is he's he's searching for the megalodon. He's, he believes passionately that mm. the megalodon is a real Is it the
0: five-headed one? No. That's, okay. that's crazy talk.
2: Right. No, this is just a prehistoric shark. Gotcha. That, um, uh, that is extinct, so people say. Some people want believe it's real. So uh, his pursuit is to find a megalodon, which mm-hmm. is, I mean, that's pretty
0: daunting. There you go. There's a whole ocean out there. Well, thank you, Brett, for your work in trying to discover a live megalodon. Yeah. Yeah. Next we have Paul Schemenauer, and he is from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin. Oh. I really like the name Chippewa Falls. How
2: could you not? Look at look that. Listen to that
0: cadence. Chippewa. Chippewa Falls. Chippewa. I, I always every time I hear Chippewa Falls, I, I love that name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. What what is it? It's, it's like the words cellar door. It's just a pleasant,
2: a pleasant. I don't find that with cellar door, but I get you. Mm-hmm. I'm picking up what you're putting there. There You go.
0: Yeah. And uh, so, what does Paul Scheminauer do in Chippewa Falls? Chippewa Falls. A bridge builder. Oh, he's a bridge builder. A bridge is he building builder. like actual bridges or is he building bridges between people? That's I, I really, really, he builds personal bridges. Oh, nice. Yeah. He, he, so How sweet. Kind of like a
2: mediator, but he's just not there to come up with, oh, here's the solution. Like mm. he's there to like, no, I'm going to fix this shit. Uh huh. You're going to leave here gloriously in love. Yeah. And so yeah, he, he, he builds personal bridges nice and not always just between people maybe he wants to you want to build a bridge with your job become a better performer he's down wow yeah that place we used to work at would probably buy that book oh my fucking god and then make us all buy it and then fly <laughs> us out to different places to have to hear uh be brainwashed with said
0: book and that's the way corporations are though. they are they are synergy Woo! especially dark poutine media inc where it's terrible fucking corporate greedy bastards yeah it's terrible Um, Next we have Jessica Simard, Hmm. and she is from Sparwood, British Columbia. Whoa, what the hell? And I saw the last name Simard, and I thought, I wonder if she's related to René Simard, the singer, the French-Canadian singer from the 1970s. He was a teenage French-Canadian singer who had his own variety show in the 70s. Look him up, René Simard. Wow. So I wonder if Jessica Simard is related to René. What do you think she does in Sparwood? Oh, she's a crooner. Oh, so she is a singer.
2: Mm-hmm. So that only maybe strengthens your theory, Mike. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she's a, she's a crooner, right? But she's only eighteen. You wouldn't expect a crooner, like an eighteen-year-old to be a crooner. But in Spring, she's eighteen. Yeah. How do you know this? Because you I know, know her, these people. You know, okay, Jesus, right? Mike, where Springwood is right there. She in Sparwood. Exactly what I said. <laughs> Sparwood. Um, the, that's like the crooner capital of BC. Oh, so that so and now, Mike,
0: even Michael Bublé goes yeah, there.
2: So you kind of are like, oh shit, now it's all coming together and makes sense. So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to put some money
0: on the fact that she's related. To I her. took pictures of Michael Bublé once. Did you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So thank you, Jessica Simard. And your dad, Renee. Yep. Yep. I guess. Yeah. I maybe. don't
2: know. I think. It's, yeah, it's dad. Okay. Yeah.
0: I just confirmed it. Next, we have Kristen Randall, and oh. she's from Saint Peters, Missouri. Oh. So, uh, what Sounds does what does Kristen do in Saint Peters? Builds uh, sh- uh, gulags. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs>
2: you didn't think people were building those anymore, did you? Mike? I
0: didn't know that there was a, a, gu- a gulag in. Uh, there's, there's in enough, Missouri. There's enough to keep somebody employed in building them,
2: Mike. Wow. I know. I know. That's disturbing. I know. But it's, it's- everybody needs to work. Everybody needs to work. It's, uh, you know, it's, it, business was handed down mm-hmm. from uh, generations. Gulaggers, that's what they call them. Gulaggers. And so um, she's just following the family trade. And I don't fault her. Right. I don't fall. People want gulags. Somebody's got to build them. Yep. And because I mean, you don't know what you're going to do. I I don't know what you're going to do with your gulag, mic. Maybe you just, you like it for, um, uh, to watch movies in your gulag. Watch horror movies in there. Cause then it's just, it's like, oh, this is where you watch This is right. getting weird. Yeah. Well, you, I'm
0: talking away here. That's what happens. Uh, next, we have from Edgerton, Wisconsin, which mm. maybe or may or may not be close to Chippewa Falls. I'm not good with uh, geography in the states. Um, but her, her name is statesography. Is what they call it. Caitlin Poppity. Oh, well, what a delicious name! Yeah. And um, what does what does Caitlin do there in uh, Edgerton, Wisconsin? Um, she uh, makes yes. Ice cream. Well, she makes ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. And they call it Papadie's Palace. Papadie's Palace. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And it's delicious ice cream. They make it all there. They don't, they don't, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like they're buying vats of ice cream. No, no. They make it. They make the ice cream.
0: Oh, I forgot to mention that Kristen Randall actually upped her pledge. Oh, well, thank you. Kristen yeah, Randall. thanks, Kristen. <laughs> Kristen. But back to Caitlin. So, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, yeah, uh, it's an ice cream, uh, and they make they they hire only um, people with disabilities, like blind folks, to oh, nice. to, to That's make. Very yeah, nice. Yeah. So it's really it's quite. Uh, there, it's a great company. Go I, to, go I to like Papadis Palace.
0: I like stuff like that where people yeah. are being uh, abled. Yeah, Yeah. I I, I used to, I used to work with people who, uh, were differently abled and, Mm -hmm. and, uh, for a number of years actually. Mm -hmm. And I used to take them around on their job to deliver papers. Yep. Uh, they just had like a paper route. Yeah. And so there were a couple of guys that we would just, we would have to collate the papers, fold them, put the, put the uh, flyers in. And then we would take the papers around to various businesses. It was quite quite a good time.
2: Absolutely. So if you're ever in wherever she was from again, go to Papadis Palace. Edgerton, Wisconsin. That's
0: it. Yeah, exactly what I said. Next, next we have Bridget Kane. Oh, and she is from Fountain Valley. California.
2: Another great name. Yeah. Fountain Valley. I feel like if you go there, you get young.
0: It's nice and cool as well. You get to like lounge around in a nice, cool fountain. In a valley. In a valley. Valleys are nice. They are. There's
2: nothing about that name. No. That is bad.
0: No. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what does Bridget Kane do in Fountain Valley, California?
2: Well, uh, what she does is she's a pool shark.
0: What? Yeah, You you heard me. Like an actual shark in pools? Oh, silly Mike.
2: No. Oh, she, she shoots pool. Yeah. Yeah. She's she, she, and the reason she watched, um, that Tom Cruise movie. Yeah. um, Color of money. Color of money when she was a a wee toddler and just thought like, this is the profession I want.
0: Yeah. My friend, Mike used to shoot pool. Yeah. He was, he was really good at He's it. He He was, he was, he could have sharked you. Yeah. yeah. He could if he yeah. wanted to. And so that's, yeah, that's what she does. She's a pool shark. And, well, cool. Uh, Thanks,
2: yeah. Bridget. So, word of advice, don't ever play pool with her. Yeah, I won't. Cause you're gonna, like, she's gonna lose the first game. But you know like, what? She's nothing, I, I got this. As long
0: as we're not playing for money, I don't mind being beat. Yeah. I, I love to watch somebody who's really good at playing pool. Oh,
2: it's also. a beautiful, beautiful skill.
0: Next we have, we've mentioned a bee last week. Oh. But B Reed has upped her pledge. Whoa, from last week. Yeah, from last week. Whoa. So thank you, B. And she's in Englewood, Colorado. Yeah. And what did we say she did? I don't remember.
2: If I I recall correctly, Mm -hmm. um, she um, what is the word? Farms? I don't know if it's farms. Um, You don't say. You don't say. Grow. You don't say. You grow an animal, but uh, butterflies. She harvests. What What? what would you say? Somebody who b- breeds butterflies. She's a butterfly farmer. That's ex- yeah. She's a butterfly farmer. Hmm. Yeah, she's a butterfly farmer and um, is well, damn good at it. Good for her. Yeah, damn good at it. You, oh, I've seen some of her butterflies. You, yep. may, you may have seen some on people you've known throughout your years because sometimes we'll get them tattooed on the, the, the lower part of their back.
0: Oh, those kind of butterflies. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, th- they'll use her butterflies as the model mm. for the
0: butterflies so,
2: you know, she gets royalties. Okay.
0: Yeah. Well, there you have it. Um, we have, uh, some more Patreons here. Holy crap. Yeah, I know. It just keeps going on. We have a new PM. What? And her name is Harley McManus from Whoa. Victoria, BC. She's hey. a number yarder. We, we know Harley. Yeah, and that Victoria. Yeah. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Exactly. So thank you so much, Harley. What does she do over there in Victoria, do you think? Oh, she works for the government. Oh.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, where, you know, it's where you do that here. She works for the government. Yeah. Yeah. She's prime minister. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, good.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Madam Prime Minister. Yeah. Th- thank you for all your dedication <laughs> and hard work. Next, we have Elizabeth Sutherland. Oh. Yeah. And I don't know where she's from. Havana, Cuba. She's from Havana? Yep. Okay, yep. and what does Elizabeth Sutherland do in Havana, Cuba? Well, what
2: do people do in Cuba, Mike?
0: Unknown. Oh. Well, if they they they, they typically say. will be Cuban. <laughs> they spend their time being Cuban.
2: The assumption is you make cigars in Cuba. That's the assumption is everybody makes cigars in
0: Cuba. Did you know that they have good cigars in Amsterdam too? Oh, I didn't and know my, that. And my great-grand, my great-great-grandfather was a cigar roller in Amsterdam. Yeah. Oh.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. But no, she doesn't, she's not a cigar maker. What does she do? She works in IT. Oh. Yeah, I know, Cuba, uh, yes, she's not busy.
0: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah, way to make fun of the third world there, Scott. What's the... Na- <sighs> It's her job. I'm just stating right. a job. Wow. Shooting the messenger, Mike. There you go. Wow. So here we have, oh my goodness, uh-uh. uh, somebody who has upped their pledge to PM level, holy crap, holy crap. Sally Norris from Weymouth, Great Britain. Whoa. Well, thank you, Sally. And uh, we've seen Sally last week. She sent us some donut money and asked for that... Uh, poutine emoji, and now she's upped her pledge. Holy Jesus! Right? So thank you, Sally. I don't know what she does, though. You don't? No. Oh. Well, are you, you wanted me to tell you? Sure. Yeah. She is a street sweeper. She actually tells us a in street. her. She sent us another donut money pledge. Yeah. And this week, and, and she's she says, she's a "Street sweeper." Money received. Uh, and it says, "Occupation." Insect, insect acrobatics trainer.
2: Oh, my God. Oh, I guess she's moved on from streets. So that sounds like, a, that sounds like quite the promotion she's given herself. Right? Holy crap. Yeah. I, did, I wonder if she trained, uh, like, the rats and stuff in um, Coraline.
0: That's a great idea. That's a great question. It is. We'll have I to get her answer on I, I,
2: I agree, because there's some bug flea acrobatics and rat acrobatics.
0: There's, like, a lot of... Like, critter acrobatics critter <laughs> thanks for supporting the show so much uh, oh, sally lovely. we really really appreciate it and uh you are awesome you're an awesome possum totally um next we have oh, God, not russ warren as far as donut money russ sent us uh, a pretty decent donut money pledge so uh I, i'm not sure where russ is from uh, oh uh Rio de Janeiro. Oh, he's from Rio. Yeah. I hope he's staying safe during the pandemic. Down it's, a, it's a tough time. Yeah. It's a tough time in Brazil. Um, so what does he do there? Um, uh,
2: He may, uh, oddly, or, or thankfully, I mean, and, and thank you for, for what you do, uh, makes, um, oh, God, what, the, what are the...
0: Spit it out. No, <laughs> for,
2: for the, the COVIDs, you need the... So you can oh breathe. the
0: swabs oh no he makes the intubation uh, no, not instruments oh no, oh you know what I'm talking about though people the, the respirator
2: your... yes something like that oh, wow yeah oh, well I don't follow we don't talk that often okay so I lose track uh, but yeah so it makes uh, the uh, air machines for
0: COVID. and last this week as far as donut money goes we have oh. uh, Hallie Halkier. And uh, I don't know where she's from, but she says, Hi, Mike and Scott. Thanks for hours of great storytelling. Impressive Werner Herzog impersonation. Have some donut <laughs> money you. and go shit. Thank you. For, uh, have some donut money. Have some donuts and go shit in your hat. I'm from Herzog. Ha- 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 yes. Hallie we, Hallie we, the contributions, Maria. It's terrible. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Helly. Very, very much appreciate it. Super thanks. Yeah. And thanks to everybody else who supported us this week and in the past. Yep. We really appreciate your support of the show. If you want to help out, you can do so at patreon.com slash or for one-time support, you can send us donut money via PayPal at our email address, darkpatinepodcast at gmail.com. If you don't already, it would mean a lot if you subscribe to the show. You can easily find us on iTunes podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, or wherever you get your on-demand audio. Come join us on Facebook in the Yumber Um And check out our website, darkpoutine.com, for show notes and other cool stuff. Give us a like or follow on Facebook, Instagram, or just search for us on Dark Poutine.
2: Yep, it, well, while you're out, yeah, maybe while you're out there hacking a butt, give us a listen.
0: Yeah. Most importantly, thanks for listening and tell your friends about us. Word of mouth is a powerful thing, Until next week, don't forget to be a good egg and not a bad apple.
2: Bye-bye, everybody. And goodbye.